I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're gonna to be talking about my partner is a borderline. So many of you out there are dating somebody that has a borderline personality disorder, which is really an attachment trauma. Absolutely. And it can be very challenging to date somebody with these kind of issues because they're going through their own emotional struggles all the time. So it can be very difficult for them to be present in a relationship. Right. Margaret's got a lot of experience and she's gonna be leading this discussion today. Okay, so we're going to talk about, yeah, what if I'm dating a borderline? There was a time when we used to think as a mental health field that that was the end of the world. Mm -hmm. But it certainly is not, and we've come a long way in the 30 odd years I've been in the field. I remember when I was first taught about borderlines when I was in social work school. They told me that you can't do anything with them, you can't have any success with them, and that they will bite the hand that feeds them. In other words, the nicer you are to them, the more they'll act out on you. Yeah. Part of that is true. However, we have come a long way in knowing how to help borderlines, mostly because we have begun to understand early life better than we used to in the past. Borderlines, um, it's like the old Wheaties ad, champions are, are born, not made. No, champions are made, not born. Um, you're not born borderline. It happens from the circumstances you grow up in. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to talk a little more about our friends, the borderlines. Um, actually, we talked last, last time about major mental illnesses, and I went over the, the list of them, and it's bipolar, schizophrenia, and major depression. These are huge major mental illnesses that need acute intervention if the person's going to function at all. Personality disorders are a little different. They're a way that we're used to looking at the world and how we think about other people and it's a whole style that we have and it's not acute although borderlines can act out in a way that makes their situation acute not only for them but for everybody around them so borderlines get a lot of attention uh, because they demand a lot of attention as Craig just said to me and that's absolutely <laughs> true um, never have I met a boring borderline okay never either have I met a borderline who didn't have a wonderful sense of I humor. was just thinking they're usually yeah. very funny they're very funny mm -hmm. um, and because they're kind of less repressed than the rest of us, and that's a mixed blessing. Um, borderlines don't do a lot of guilt. Um, they don't do a lot of, my mother told me never to do that. They just kind of live in the moment, and their emotions are quite available. So that I have found many times that borderlines are absolutely charming, and I disagree that we can't do anything with them, okay? Borderlines are in an anxiety state all of the time, and they're not happy about it. So 
They're very angry about it. Yeah, they're very angry about it, yeah. So your first maneuver as a therapist is to say, you know, you're going to calm down and we're going to do business like reasonable people. You're not going to scream at me, etc. Yeah. And I was thinking of an, an example of when I ran an agency up north. Staff came to me one day and they said this woman came in and she told us that she had sued the last three agencies where she had been seen and that she likes to give therapists a hard time. So I said, well, before we, you know, accept her as a patient, she needs to talk to me. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, they sent her to me and she didn't look like any of the things she had been described as. But I said, now I hear you sued your last three agencies. She said, yes, I did. Um, they didn't take good enough care of me. Always the, always the bottom line for the borderline. I said, well, we will do our very best to take care of you the way you deserve to be taken care of, but you're not going to threaten us, sue us, or drive the therapist crazy. She said, okay. <laughs> All right? So usually if you start out, um, and I mean, she said something that provocative, probably because, again, she didn't believe that we were going to take care of her. Mm -hmm. Okay? She didn't believe anybody is. Sure. Why would she? Yeah, nobody, why would she believe Nobody it? ever right. has. Exactly. Nobody ever has. But anyway, she believed me and she was not in any trouble. And I think she was with us for about a year. And, and she did make some, some changes. But um, if you started being terribly affective with her, like what could have made you this upset? Why would you say this to us? I wouldn't have gotten anywhere. I just said, this is what's going to happen. This is what's not going to happen. And you're not going to be out of control with us. And she said, okay. And in many ways, that's the secret. Whether you're a partner, a therapist, or whatever you are, the first thing you do with a borderline is say, I am not going to let you get out of control. You are going to stay in control, and we're going to act like reasonable people. We'll deal with whatever we have to deal with, but that's what's going to happen. Yeah. All right. But again, let me just go over some of the symptoms of borderline folks. Borderline folks desperately want loving relationships because they haven't had any, otherwise they wouldn't be borderline, okay? So they desperately want relationships, they'll chase people mercilessly, um, show up at their work, show up everywhere, call them all the time, um, buy them gifts they can't afford, and do all kinds of really aggressive things in a relationship. Um, if they get into the relationship, they immediately don't want to just connect, they want to fuse okay yeah uh, and sort of become one with you because they're so desperate to be loved yeah okay and if, as you can imagine they then you know they push people away by being so pushy in the beginning and if you disappoint them yeah then they're gonna get Absolutely. really really angry yes um, and then not only that but when the relationship starts to get close which is everything they look like they wanted they will get frightened yeah. Okay. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's it's basically avoided, avoided behavior. Okay. I desperately want to be loved, but I have no experience with being close to anybody and being loved. I don't know what that feels like, and I don't know if they might take over my life and I would kind of disappear. You know. So it's a fear of being overtaken, sort of losing yourself. Yeah. Okay. And it's also called disorganized. Yes, it can be called disorganized, absolutely. Meaning the attachments that you had in your family of origin were crazy. 
like they loved you one day, they didn't love you the next. They sent you to grandma who was nice to you, but something happened to her, and then you went to the aunt who really wasn't. So you've had crazy experiences with relationships, yeah. okay? And of course, they will rush into them um, in their desperation, yeah. okay? Um, and again, if you were the therapist, you would say, do not rush into this. It will not work for you. Okay, so here's the poor partner now who's been chased down, snagged, who's now with you, and then all of a sudden, when you do something that isn't great, they're going to be enraged at you. All right? Yeah. Um, and the partner needs to set limits and say, I have no problem disagreeing with you, I'm interested in how you feel, but you're not screaming at me, and I'm not tolerating rages. Limits, limits, limits. Reassuring limits, to be sure. But limits, we're not doing this. Okay. So what does the borderline do when the relationship falls apart? First, they threaten to make a suicide attempt, and then they may make a suicide attempt, in which case they're going to have to be hospitalized. Okay? So now, anybody who makes a suicide attempt ends up being diagnosed as borderline because it is the only diagnosis that I know of that includes suicidal ideation and behavior. All right? So whoever you are, if you get sent to the hospital, you're going to be borderline. Now, people think that borderlines do it on purpose to manipulate and be controlling. Now, most borderlines are not above that, but that's not why they become suicidal. They are truly distressed, and you really have to hospitalize them to keep, keep you safe. And twice in my career, I've seen somebody say, she's not really suicidal, she's just... Uh, manipulating, trying to manipulate the boyfriend and so forth and so on. And twice I have seen the people not be treated and take their own lives. Mm. So they are to be taken seriously. The other thing that borderlines will do is cut themselves. Okay, now that's always a very puzzling behavior for people who see other people do it. A lot of people would probably think it's attention-seeking behavior. Yeah, absolutely. That's what most people say. It's attention-seeking behavior. But there's much more to it than that. Um, borderlines are not good at expressing themselves in any kind of reasonable way. And the way they will explain it to you is that um, somehow if they cut themselves, they feel like it lets the pain out. Okay? Literally. They feel like the pain can get out of the cut. And immediately they calm down, partly because it focuses their attention from their inside pain to now a new pain um, on their wrist usually. Okay? And then people rush to hospitalize them because they cut their wrist, they must be suicidal. They're really not. They're in fine shape by the time you take them to the hospital because they successfully let the pain out. Yeah. Okay? It's not easy to be borderline. Everybody's on your case all the time for your behavior. All right. Yeah. Most borderlines have an extremely conflicted relationship with mother. And the other thing borderlines do is split. Now this is kind of a technical explanation, but I'm going to give it. All right. Think about a baby. A normal average baby comes into the world. And for the first year, even though mother probably isn't really consistent, they get they get fed and talked to and changed and all of that sort of thing. When the child gets mobile and begins to turn to and so forth and so on, 
mother starts now remember that this baby is not all that secure with mother because she hasn't been consistently available but when the baby starts to hit two and gets mobile and does all of those things mother starts making demands and saying you know you can walk now you can talk now you need to do this and you need to do that and then there are all the struggles over toilet training the insecure baby manufactures a nice mother who fed them and a bad mother who made demands on them and that is the origin of splitting in other words what they can't do is see mother as a mixed person she was wonderful sometimes and she was terrible other times um, they can't handle that so they divide the world into two and you'll hear people talk about borderline splitting um, today from a therapist point of view today you're the best therapist I have ever had but when you say no to me about something you are the worst therapist I've ever had. My other therapist used to let me call her at home any hour of the day and night, and you'll only let me call at 2 o'clock on Wednesdays. You're right. <laughs> I only will. Um, so they will often go back and forth, unable to see anybody in their reality. We are always a mix of good, good things about us and not-so-wonderful things about us. We're a mix. And one of the major tasks for a borderline is to learn that and to understand everything isn't black or white, there's gray, okay? And if they can master that, usually they can do a bit better, okay? I have discovered over the years, my first question to any borderline is, how often do you talk to your mother? What do you suppose the answer is? It's every day or twice a day or three times a day, um, every day, but they always fight on the phone. So they're in a constant state of chaos. Once you can stop that behavior, it helps people to calm down because they're still desperate for mother to be a, a mother, but she really can't be, so they're in a rage all the time. Um, I could see when, when people's mothers passed or when they moved on from, from that kind of contact, things would get better pretty rapidly. Okay? But borderlines get all the attention because they make the most noise. Um, I can remember working for an agency one time, uh, and it was a child welfare agency, so that you know you would get many borderlines um, who were the mothers of the kids who were in trouble. And they would fight with the landlord all of the time. They would get thrown out. I think landlords are a little too parental. They provide you with shelter, okay? They would fight with the landlord. They'd get themselves in all kinds of trouble. Um, and somehow, the craziness, the, the crises they would create, protected them from an underlying depression that they never felt they had been loved. And that's important to say. Very important. Yeah. yeah. Say it again. Okay. Um, borderlines will often create chaos and go from one crisis to the next. But the crisis, you get an adrenaline rush, and it keeps you from feeling the underlying depression yeah. about never having been loved. <clears throat> And it doesn't sound like a happy prospect, but um, if you learn to be a therapist and you're going to see borderlines, what you learn is if you can get the borderline to sit still long enough to feel the depression, then you can help them. Okay? Then you can truly help them. Yeah. Yeah. So, the more you know, the better off you are. All right? Now, 
when I was in social work school, these people were considered dirt under everyone's feet. Um, since that time, many people have written that most of the people who cause all the trouble are borderline and so forth and so on. So they're a pain in the neck and we don't want to deal with them. I was told in social work school that there are no male borderlines. Really? Okay, what did I know? <laughs> I believe them. Um, that men who have a history like that end up stealing cars and ending up in the prison system. Well, I found that to be absolutely true because I met borderline men galore when I worked in the prison system. Um, so it's certainly not true that it's only women who get this condition. And believe it or not, some of the guys did much better in jail because they had structure. Okay, it's like setting the limits. They sort of had constant limits every day. This is what you can do, this is what you cannot do, and it made them feel safe. So, um, some of them even liked being in jail, but it was very hard to admit that, all right? When borderlines get into a relationship, the, what happens really fast is that they want to fuse with you, okay? So, the advice here is take it slow. Now, I have a couple of very brief expert excerpts from a website for borderlines, which made my little heart happy to know that there is such a thing. Because, like I say, they've been treated like dirt under everybody's feet. So there are calling chat rooms, and there are all sorts of uh, resources out there for them that weren't there before, and I was so delighted to hear it. So I took two excerpts from Borderlines themselves. They're brief, and I'm going to share them with you, okay? All right. No matter what I do, I can't seem to find the happy medium of how to rightfully go into a new relationship. I have BPD, Borderline Personality Disorder. I feel like I live in some sort of fantasy land when it comes to love. When I say love, I mean more obsession because I don't think I have ever had a completely normal and healthy relationship yet. I want one though, which is why I'm working so hard and trying so hard to learn to take it slow. Okay. Very difficult to take it slow. Very difficult. Even for somebody that has healthier Absolutely. attachment, it's Absolutely. tough to take it slow sometimes. It's like one moment I'm meeting someone and I either really dislike the person or I'm obsessed with them. That's very borderline. Two drastic ends of the spectrum. So I get rid of the ones I don't like really fast. Uh, but I'm sure not going to let the one I do like get away from me too easily. I think one of the biggest reasons we as borderlines have trouble taking it slow is because we want more than anything to be loved. We think if we move things along really quickly and make the person fall in love with us, he or she won't leave us. The sad reality of that is the average person wants to take things slow, which means we are pushing people away when we act so aggressive. Now see, she's come away. She can now see that. That's great. If we can learn to take it slow and create healthy boundaries, um, even with BPD, in new relationships, I think borderlines would be fantastic partners, and we agree. You'll <laughs> never be bored. That's okay? true. We just need to remember that the other person has his or her own life and are allowed to live it separate from you. And that's very hard for them to do. It's easier said than done, I know. 
but the world unfortunately does not revolve around us. Okay? Okay. Um, and I have one more brief. This was just sort of an essay. This is actually a long poem, and I'd love to read it to you if we had the time, but we'll never have it. So I'm just going to read you uh, a section of it. All I have ever known is hasty love, a fast let's jump into the freezing water together kind of love. A love that seems reckless, dates that seem fleeting, and relationships that teeter between disinterested and infatuated. Remember, there's no middle ground. Mm -hmm. Disinterested or infatuated, with frightening swiftness. And this isn't that. This woman's in a new relationship, obviously. This is a wade into the water slowly kind of thing. It's a gloriously easy and slightly maddening kind of thing but one that doesn't leave me on a roller coaster, you know, of being ecstatic one day when he's there for me and crazy the other when he isn't. It's more like I don't need you, but I'm figuring out if I want you. Huge progress for any borderline to even be able to say. Kind of thing. We're not tripping and falling over each other. We're not jumping in only to remember we can't swim. This is a romance that is far more choice than reaction. And if I'm honest, it feels like, oh, I don't know, maybe growing up. This patient romance is easy, but it's scary too. Maybe though, if I am just brave, this patient romance will turn into a patient love. Isn't that a dreamy thought? Okay? Yeah. yeah. Some of the rest of the poem is equally wonderful. We only have so much time. So there's my speech on borderlines. I'm going to talk about narcissism soon. But as opposed to major mental illnesses, borderline and narcissistic are personality disorders. Okay? They need treatment, but not with the acute acute way the major mental illnesses do. Okay? Margaret has a lot of experience working with borderlines. If you're in a situation where you or your partner is a borderline, I highly recommend you do yes. a call with Margaret. Yeah. It is not the end of the world, although we used to think it was. So, good presentation. Give a thumbs Thank up you. to Margaret for all her research there. Of course, when you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is available for Skype coaching. Feel free to contact me if you think I can be helpful. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website to do that. Uh, be sure to give a thumbs up though for Margaret on this one. That's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.